This episode of Unforkable is sponsored by nobody. However, one person really deserves a special shout out for the contribution to this podcast, namely the design of the logo and the podcast cover art. Those were done by a talented young designer called Quentin. In our briefing, he told me that it was his girlfriend's daughter that helped him pick the colors and gradients of the Unforkable logo. Yeah, so we had, uh, we had crazy, the crazy gradients was uh, an idea from my, um, the, the, my girlfriend's daughter. And uh, she was uh, looking over my, my, she's seven years old and she was looking over my shoulder when I was uh, designing it. And uh, yeah, she, she wanted pink, she wanted yellow and she wanted blues and uh, all that kind of things. If you too need help with design work, you should consider hiring Quentin. You can find his contact information on his Instagram page, at Quentin the Designer. Everything together, no hyphen. Please follow at Quentin the Designer on Instagram. But now, let's start the show. Hello everyone, this is Jonas. I'm the host of Unforkable, a podcast that aims to make crypto more fun, engaging and accessible for everyone. In this episode, we get to know three artists who are also raising awareness for crypto. However, they are doing it by making music about their favorite blockchain projects. One could say they are quite literally spreading the gospel on blockchain and crypto, pun intended. Today we get to know the artist who made one of the very first crypto rap songs ever. His name is Toby Ganger and some of you might remember him from TV. We had a music video that was on MTV that was playing for a while and we were featured on the front page of MySpace. In the next segment we got to know Lil Bubble, the spacesuit-wearing internet sensation from Australia, is making parody songs on YouTube. Thanks to Twitter, Lil Bubble blew up basically overnight. After that, like sort of 500 followers to overnight, just like thousands and thousands per day, it was pretty, pretty crazy. In the last part you hear how AD88, a rapper based in Las Vegas, wrote not only a song, but a whole album about crypto. All of that with the goal to spread the message about Bitcoin and yes, maybe flex a little bit along the way as well. Because crypto is kind of becoming like a cool thing. It's becoming like a cool thing, especially the more, the more these mainstream rappers talk about it. Many of you may have never heard a crypto-related rap song ever. So before we start with the interviews, let's get in the mood. I asked my friend DJ Mitch Cuts if he would produce a musical collage with some of the guests' music. Luckily he said yes. So without further ado, DJ Mitch Cuts, let's hit it. Takes it like a hidden taxation Manipulated interest rates to give the banks a way to create money With the loans that they giving out but, 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 but my wife still doesn't believe in me Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Zillicon, Icon, V-Chain, Verge I can buy them on my iPhone Yeah, I gotta have it, gotta have all the low sides Buy it all time, hide to my surprise I never yeah, go back ride my oats down to old time lows I'm gonna Till I can't no more I'm gonna buy these alts Cause they're oversold I'm gonna 
goodbye till I can't no more. I got my old coins by the bag, emotionally attached. Throw them on my back, got my ledger on my neck. Buying all these shit coins, you can keep your Bitcoin. I am broke as hell, but I will never sell. I'm never selling nothing. I'm not selling nothing. I'm never selling nothing. I'm not selling nothing. Tell it I got crypto keys. Investing money just to get more cheese. You paying taxes, I don't get no fee. Them coins stacking, I got chips on me. I got coin like Mario. last song you just heard um, is called Welcome to the Blockchain and that one was done by Toby Ganger and as I said earlier it is one of the earliest crypto rap songs that I could find online but before diving right into our conversation I had one question I wanted to ask Toby. Would it be the worst possible way to start this interview just to go back and ask you what is or who is Toby with the curly hair? What does that mean? <laughs> wow! Uh, with the wavy hair, you mean, or what? Oh, with the wavy hair. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow. Um, that is from a Disney sing-along video that I did about 25 years ago. Wow. <laughs> one of the songs had that as a lyric as I was dancing with Minnie Mouse. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's a pretty big gap to rapping about Bitcoin and blockchain 
Yes, that was many worlds ago. Uh, <laughs> that was, I mean, I think I was probably, I guess about 12 years old back then. So that was about the time that I actually started to, to rap. So. Is that just a, a thing people do in LA? You know? I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it would be more prevalent here than in other places, but it's still not normal. Yeah. I mean, did you have, um, like your parents were there in, in this industry or? No, my dad was a professor and then he, uh, you know, he actually had a government job and then my, my mom was a computer programmer. And okay. And I see there already a little uh, theme. Your mom was a computer programmer and then many years later after Disney, somehow the Bitcoin or, or blockchain bug um, took over. And what I found interesting is um, you did one of the very, very, very early songs about uh, blockchain. It's now almost mm. five years ago when you released that song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, the song I think was released in November of 2014, like you said. Uh, I actually got into Bitcoin in some, the summer of 2012. And at the time... Um, I was teaching economics. So my interest in it came through that. And so I also had an interest in game theory as well. So the combination of this like sort of Austrian economics and game theory, the juxtaposition of the two really fascinated me uh, right from the beginning. Although my first instinct when learning about it was, this is ridiculous. It's never going to work. <laughs> so 2012, you fell kind of in the very skeptically and reluctantly first um you got to know bitcoin and then two years later you release like what became one of the bitcoin or blockchain anthems what happened there well as i said my first instinct was this will never work and then uh i started to research it more uh, i was like oh this will work but the government will never allow it to happen and then As I researched it further, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter whether the government allows it to happen or not. It's going to happen. <laughs> and at that point, I kind of realized it was going to be, I, I personally think it's going to be bigger than the internet itself as an invention. I got very passionately into it, started sort of evangelizing it to, to friends and, and family and anybody I could I get in touch with. And of course, almost no one listened. Um, and... Uh, around 2014, uh, one of the people who had listened to me was this producer that I sometimes work with who's currently based out of San Francisco. And he was in town and we were just talking about it. He's like, man, you should make a song about it. I was like, ah, a song, really? And, um, you know, eventually he talked me into it. And um, the market had crashed at the end of 2013. And it basically, it ran all the way up to something like $1,100 and then it crashed down. I don't even remember where it bottomed out. I think it was, ended up bottoming out like at $180 or something, something like that. And um, I think the mood in the community was somewhat down in general uh, at that time. Uh, we had a long bear market and we were just thinking, you know, we believe in this technology. We believe in where it's going. Let's try to create something that can sort of energize the community that they can have something that they can, they could listen to them and make them feel excited and passionate about it again. At least that was the goal. And then if new people were to come on, you know, this would hopefully be somewhat educational while simultaneously be something that's enjoyable to listen to. 
So that was what we were striving for. And I know to some extent we, we, uh, we met that goal and, you know, got a lot of love from the community, got a lot of tips early on when people were still giving Bitcoin tips because we gave it away for free, you know? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen so. that. I even checked uh, the Bitcoin address. I don't know if you took out of it, but now it's like almost two Bitcoins on that address, which I found. Yeah, I think there was about two coins total that we got from it, more or less. So we ended up basically with about a coin each. I mean, at the time, it wasn't that much. It was maybe, you know, a couple hundred bucks. But you know, obviously now that's significantly more. Uh, but, you know, we got got a lot of plays on it. I think with all the um, all the different media combined, it's probably like a quarter of a million plays, something like that. And, Were you aware of any other songs at the time about Bitcoin uh, at all? Um, at the time, there was only, I know there was that, what's his name? Uh, it was like a country song. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Something something about Satoshi, I think. That's the name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. I just thought that somebody should make an original song and somebody should make something that sounds more like the demographic that is likely to adopt this uh, technology, which I think is, uh, you know, younger people who are much more likely to um, not have a prejudice against uh, digital cryptocurrencies. <laughs> wow. Okay. That sounds like you, you had like a very strategic plan. I mean, what I noticed was, okay, it is educational. Um, you know, it's like very well thought through. I mean, it's basically Bitcoin in a nutshell, in musical form. I guess that's kind of what we're trying to do. And it ends up being a little bit nerdy, obviously. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. It's just like, this is why we need this. And this is why it's such a big thing. I remember talking to all of the, um, the, the people, who, the, the musicians who played on the song, the singer who sang on the song, um, and the recording engineers in the studio all about Bitcoin. And absolutely none of them listened to me. <laughs> oh man, okay. That sounds like <laughs> me trying to explain what my podcast is about to my friends who are not into Bitcoin at all, you know. I also feel that um, the song is very optimistic, you know. Now, almost five years later, do you think that Bitcoin slash the blockchain lift really up um, to the hopes? I think it's moving in the right direction in terms of, of adoption, in terms of second and third layer development that's happening on it. Um, just in terms of, uh, you know, you see what's going on around the world in terms of uh, sovereign debt and, and, and inflation and things like that. Um, even sanctions on economies. Uh, Bitcoin has literally been a lifesaver. All these problems exist to some extent across every Uh, major country in the world that just haven't manifested to the fullest extent as they have in, in other places. You know, I think even in, you're in Switzerland, right? I think all, all the government bonds now are negative interest rates in Switzerland. You know, this is insane. Uh, and here in the U.S., we have, uh, you know, 20 plus trillion dollars of, of, of national debt and 200 trillion plus of unfunded liabilities, right? And, 
So all of this has to come crashing down at some point. And when it does, to have something that's outside of the national money system or, or the stock markets is going to be, in my opinion, a safe haven for much of the world to run to at this point. Um, so it's like a network where you know cell phones or email or something like that where each additional person, each additional node on the network adds function, adds utility to it. And um, so the increasing adoption, which is visualized often by the price, is an example of it becoming more useful. I'm happy with where it is now. Uh, I'm happy with the direction it's going in. And I think it's only going to speed up. If you would write a new song today, what would it be about? I mean, a crypto song. I think if I were to write one today, uh, I tend to be leaning a little bit more on the side of Bitcoin maximalism in the sense of that most of these other coins um, will, will die out in some form or another. So if I were going to do a song... Now, I think I would make it more um, more along those lines, maybe to steer people away from from other stuff. But again, I could be wrong. <laughs> you know, I couldn't be wrong about that. Wouldn't be yeah. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that surprises me. But like this song is very, um, you know, it's very neutral. I mean, it, it is about Bitcoin, but you say also uh, like Bitcoin is the first enterprise ever of the blockchain. So you, 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 mm. you talk more broadly about the blockchain. And nowadays I feel um, that uh, tribalism became a very, very present thing uh, in, in the blockchain space with mm, you say, Bitcoin maximalists and then people who are becoming other uh, crypto maximalists or fighting online. Do you participate at all in those kind of discussions? I watch them with amusement sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like anything else. Like you said, it's tribalism. I see tribalism everywhere. You know, I live in the U.S. This, this country is rooted in tribalism. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I see it everywhere. No matter which coin you're looking into, everybody thinks that this is the one coin to end them all and all other ones are shit coins. And, I, you know... I don't really pay attention to it because it's, it's obviously people are being emotional about it, right? Because they have skin in the game. They've invested money in this coin. And so <laughs> it's very hard to look at it rationally when you have so much writing on its success. Um, so exactly. yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Um, and when it comes to, to the long run still, you know, like I said, I, I have evolved somewhat uh, to be more of a Bitcoin maximalist I don't know if that means that everything else will die out. I don't know, you know, or if they'll just play a small role in some capacity, or I could just be wrong entirely, like I said. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm basically going off sort of my economic intuitions. Mm -hmm. Speaking of economic intuitions, I mean, when you back then in 2012, when you invested, did you hold the Bitcoin? Did you do well? Could you hold on to it during these ups and downs, which were absolutely crazy? I did. The thing is, like I, like I said, when I initially bought, I didn't have any money at all. I was completely, completely broke. So you're talking about scrounging together a few hundred bucks that I could find. 
which was everything that I had at the time. <laughs> and this is in 2012. So it's not like, you know, I'm balling today. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Uh, but I did hold on to what I did have until, you know, much later because in spite of the fact that we were struggling to get by, I knew where this was going to go. And I said, you know, I will not sell any of this until it reaches a minimum of this price. So did I do well off of it? Yeah, it was a very successful investment. I wish at the time I had had some legitimate money to put into it so that I could be very comfortable now. But, you know, c'est la vie. It's always like that, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way about many opportunities. However, that doesn't that doesn't take the pleasure out of uh, of it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm extremely grateful that I had such an opportunity to come across in my lifetime because you know it hasn't made me like wealthy or anything, but it's definitely gotten my life out of a hole. <laughs> And giving me opportunities to explore other things as well and giving me opportunities to make some other investments and things like that. So um, I'm definitely very grateful for that. Another question is, uh, speaking of success, um, from what I have seen online, I would say that Bitcoin song, the blockchain song, is the most successful song of yours. Would you say that's a fair uh, description? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, I think about it. Um, when I was in a, I was in a group before um, I went. I was a solo artist. I was in a group called Inverse, and we had a song uh, back in the day called uh, "So Far." We had a music video that was on MTV that was playing for a while, and we were featured on the front page of MySpace. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, I have to check uh, that out. So have you never been tempted to do another one, you know, like? I I have, I've been tempted, I, you know, I've had people contact me too. It's, it's interesting. Um, from other coins wanting me to do songs about that. Like a Litecoin song. Somebody wanted me to do a, a God, what was it back? Oh, like a BitShare song back then. I, I don't, I don't feel, to, I don't feel tempted to try to one up. I think that sounds a pretty good balance of, um, of what needs to be said while still being somewhat musically enjoyable and it's like oh, well just let it let it be autonomous businesses are possible what profit is distributed amongst those adopting it paradigm shift we must adjust to the end and with the blockchain bitcoin is just the beginning welcome to the blockchain In the next conversation, we get to know Lil Bubble, who takes a very different approach to crypto music. His songs don't explain crypto or spread it to a wider public. Lil Bubble makes parody songs for a very specific audience. Crypto traders. You know, the people who study the price charts and try to make a quick buck selling and buying their favorite coins. Unsurprisingly, crypto traders have their own memes and insider jokes, like going to the moon. And Lil Bubble knows all of them. In his videos, Lil Bubble dresses up in a full-body spacesuit, so no one knows who he really is. So let's find out who is behind the character Lil Bubble and what drives him. Hey, what's up? I'm the artist behind Lil Bubble, who you've probably seen singing stupid songs about shitcoins in a spacesuit on the internet. Hey, Lil Bubble, welcome to the interview. So tell us, how did you come up with 
Lil Bubble, the character? The character Lil Bubble himself is um, a cliche or just built on um, a stereotypical, um, basically a culmination of all of the, the crypto environment and the memes and the, we're going to the moon and the, basically the meme culture within crypto that, um, that I base the character off really. So how is Lil Bubble stay today like? Is that your full-time gig or what are you doing in your professional life? No, not at all. I'm actually a graphic designer. That's my full-time job. Um, but my main passion outside of that has always been music, um, which has really been my main passion throughout my life since I was a young mm -hmm. young kid. Uh, but did you have, um, you know, like a, a origin story or do you remember like when you were a kid, what you were doing um, with music? I'll just make parody songs about stupid jokes that only me and my friends could understand so like we thought it was funny no one else would even know what it was about but um yeah since then I've sort of I don't know it just became like a natural sort of fit it wasn't forced at all I just had a few funny ideas for crypto songs I could apply the skills that I'd sort of picked up and developed over the years and looking back it wasn't until sort of later on in the piece that I realized that this is just exactly what I used to do when I was a kid just make funny songs about jokes and things that were funny to myself and my friends but the only difference now is that I guess it um, can be appreciated by a few more people thanks to the internet and thanks to like the crypto community and the fact that there's so many people in the space that sort of understand the same jokes and yeah that's where it really went from there. So how did you uh, start out then with Little Bubble like your first music you put out and then how did it feel to go from Yeah, the first step to thousands and thousands of followers, like that's crazy. I honestly had no idea if anyone would like it. Um, I wrote like I wrote a number of songs and I recorded a number of songs before I even put the first one out. So I had a bit of a backlog there and I'd shown, really shown like maybe two or three friends that I've got who are still sort of involved in the crypto space in any way. And they thought it was funny. They didn't say it was the best thing they've ever seen or anything. They, they was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. And I'm like, yeah, I think, like, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm not the only one. So I put it out there. But as you said, like I'm wearing a space suit, like no one knows who I am. And that's the beauty of the character as well. I can just act like a complete idiot. And just my main aim when I'm either writing the music or making the video is to just do the stupidest things I can think of. Like it's supposed to be a complete joke. Um, the first song I put out was When Moon the sort of acoustic rendition of um, Mad World, which I think was, uh, is it on Donnie Darko or it's on, I think it was made famous, it was on a certain movie soundtrack, um, that this particular version of Mad World. But um, that was the first one and it did pretty well. It did a lot better than I expected. All around me are my heavy shit coins. No more Bitcoin, no more Bitcoin. Coin. Spent it all on Tron. I have weak hands though. Where's my Lambo? Where's my Lambo? Oh, and I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. And yeah, so that one went pretty well. And not long after that, I actually, um, the all time lows came about pretty quick. I think it wasn't one of the songs that I had written previously or it was in the backlog. It was something that I sort of instantly thought of. Um, so the song Old Town Road, everyone has sort of heard it and I'd probably heard it 
a hundred times before it sort of clicked as a potential um, crypto parody. And I don't really remember where I was when it happened, but I just sort of, the hook sort of come to me, like I'm going to ride these alts down to all time lows. And that's usually my process. Like the song has to sort of stand out as like, okay, that might work. And then I'll sit there and maybe write a few lines. And if those lines come naturally, then I think I've got a winner and I'll finish the song pretty quickly. I got my old coins by the bag, emotionally attached. Throw them on my back, got my ledger on my neck. Buying all these shit coins, you can keep your Bitcoin. I am broke as hell, but I will never sell. I'm never selling. Oh yeah, I remember that one. That one went really crazy. Uh, can you tell me how did that song like get picked up by the cryptosphere and grow? That's the one that really snowballed and yeah, as you said, it just went crazy. Like I'd never seen anything like that. Like my notifications, I couldn't even keep up. My Twitter, Twitter account was like less, uh, it was maybe 500 followers or something when I put that, that song out. And like, there's a few very big um, Twitter accounts um, in the crypto space, like um, guys that have been there in the game for a few years and sort of pushing the content pretty hard. And um, yeah, they, I guess they caught wind of it and um, retweeted it. And that's all it takes really. Like, I guess Twitter's probably in terms of um, going viral, I think Twitter's maybe one of the best purpose-built platforms for that purely because of the retweet button. After that, like sort of 500 followers to overnight, just like thousands and thousands per day. It was pretty, pretty crazy. So how do you cope with um, such a huge growth or basically overnight success? How does that feel? Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. Like I said, that's the main, the main feeling was just complete overwhelm. Like I wouldn't go as far to say it's panic because I guess it can, it could get a lot bigger. Like if you, if you become a superstar overnight, I guess you'd almost panic. But like this was just overwhelm, like just the notifications and the DMs really like, but yeah, it was cool. Like it obviously, um, obviously feels good. Like you try not to let that sort of thing go to your head because it doesn't last forever. Like it, and it's dangerous, I guess, like it's a slippery slope to sort of, um, if that becomes the norm and then the next time you put something out, it doesn't perform that well, like you feel bad. So like there's, there's, two sides to that sort of thing like and I guess you just sort of got to not let that get to your head and um, just focus on having fun with it and what will be will be when you post it out to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, prior to the interview we were talking and you told me that some people are giving you a hard time on the internet because they think it's investment advice which I think it's quite obvious from the videos you're putting out that it's not investment advice so let's Turn this around and uh, ask you for investment advice. What would you tell them? <laughs> oh, mate, don't, you, you don't want investment advice from me. Uh, okay, if I was to give any advice, it would be learn uh, risk management, um, how to use a stop loss. That's basically it. Like, Don't invest more than you're willing to lose and just be responsible about it. And definitely don't take advice from astronauts singing parody songs on YouTube. I think that's sound advice. Um, speaking of your personal preferences, when I, when you see the videos of you, you always make fun of shit coins and basically, um, you know, like making fun of uh, bad investments, etc. So where do you personally stand? Which coins do you like? Are you a Bitcoin maximalist? Are you, where are you personally standing yeah, on I'm definitely, issues? I'm definitely not a, a Bitcoin maximalist, but I do... Um, I do strongly um, 
Yeah, I maybe prefer Bitcoin as like a long-term investment vehicle if, if you were to ask. Like, um, But I think altcoins have a place and like, yeah, look, it's more it's more just like poking fun. I just poke fun at everything, including myself. Like um, we all know, like anyone who's tried to trade has lost money at some point. Um, anyone who has been a hodler has lost money definitely over the last couple of years. So it's more so, yeah, making jokes about making stupid decisions and really like the character and the content, I suppose, really exaggerates um, these poor decisions. So that's one thing that a lot of people have said that I may be promoting like bag holding or making it, um, I guess you'd say normalizing poor investment decisions, which is something I definitely don't want to do. And I would have thought that um, it's pretty obvious by the um the content that I'm really making fun of these things and I'm wearing a ledger on a plastic gold chain for God's sake holding garbage bags like I'm not I'm not telling anyone to put all their savings into shit coins but um yeah I'm really just having fun and hopefully making a few other people laugh. I'm just a moon boy looking for a rocket. In the next and last segment, I had the pleasure to talk to an up-and-coming rapper based in Las Vegas, who goes by the name of 88 and 8. His Bitcoin anthem, Digital Gold, dropped on YouTube right before the peak of the crypto bull run in December 17. Encouraged by the positive reception of that track, he decided to release an entire crypto-related album titled The Ledger Volume 1. Please enjoy my conversation with the 88 Nate. I'm 88 Nate, um, creator of Digital Gold, the uh, crypto song that's blowing up on YouTube and all platforms right now. But I'm just an artist out of Las Vegas, you know, looking to come up. All right. You said you're out in, in, in Las Vegas. And I have never been to Vegas, but I imagine that Vegas is a city where money is omnipresent. You know, you have like the Vegas yes. Strip, the casinos, the lights, all that stuff. And you have like places where fortunes are made and lost in, in seconds. Do you think that kind of influences you or people live there and their relation to money? Um, well, yeah, when you come out here, uh, there's definitely a lot of temptation, <laughs> definitely a lot of temptation to lose your money. But I mean, um, pretty much my, my brother is like, you know, Josh, the one you talk to, like, he's like, now I, want, I don't want to say a financial advisor, but he keeps me, you know, you know, advised on uh, all my finances. So I don't really, I don't really have that problem. Like, you know, with gambling too much or, you know, spending, spending excess money or nothing like that. You gotta, you gotta be smart. You gotta be smart with the money, man. I, I agree, but uh, I mean, in relation to 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 crypto, which also goes like up, like crazy oh, and yeah. down, like crazy sometimes. Do you think, like, if you live in Las Vegas, this seems just more normal um, for people? Um, um, no, because I've never seen anything as volatile as Bitcoin. Like one day is super high, and then three hours later is super low like nah so i don't think there's any like correlation between the two and you yeah. when you wrote digital gold i've seen that on youtube it was released um like december 2017 
and uh, like right in the in that crazy um, bull run of Bitcoin. Yeah, it was it was the perfect time for it. I'm gonna tell you how the story came to be. I didn't know anything about Bitcoin. It was it was my brother who once again advised me. He just, we were in the studio. We were recording something else, another track, and he was like, "Yo, you got to make a song about crypto." I'm like what? what the hell is crypto? Like, what, what is that? Like, he always talking some weird stuff. So I didn't know like what it was particularly. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, it's currency. I buy it. I was like, okay, so you, you using money to buy money. That doesn't make sense. Is it a commodity? And then he was like, it's digital gold. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. So then, you know, uh, my producer sent me a beat and we just came up with the song your brother josh he is really um uh yeah he's very crucial to this process yeah 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 he definitely advises me he's like my manager and uh he keeps me you know he keeps me up on things shout outs to him thank you to him yeah yeah shout out to josh man shout out to josh <laughs> so he advised you on that as well and he 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 made sure you keep your hands off the the bitconnect i researched bitconnect and we were both talking about oh yeah this seems like a scam like look look at all these you know dudes promoting this like it seems kind of like a scam so you know he hit me to that like and i i researched everything before i did the song like and then after i researched it i actually bought some crypto i actually bought some uh bitcoin not a lot not not much but i mean I, i bought in and um I actually sent my brother the money. He he bought it for me because I didn't know how to I didn't know how to do it at first. But yeah, so we pull our money together and we buy you know crypto. How, how did you weather the, the the bear market afterwards? 2018, right? Uh, right after you dropped the song, it collapsed. Yes, that's true. That's very true. We just um, you just you just you just hold. You just hold through. Uh, one thing I learned is you never invest more than, you know, what you're willing to lose. That's a, that's a good rule of thumb. And we stick to that. Definitely. That's a good advice, I would say. Definitely. Definitely. So one, one song on the, the letter is called uh, Winkle Was Whipping. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you, what, what does that mean? Or can you explain to people who haven't heard this? <laughs> who the Winkle Was Whipping. Okay, so um, <laughs> when I was doing my research and I came across the Winklevoss twins, two twin Teslas, Winklevoss whipping. Basically, I'm saying like, okay, I got, there's two, two Teslas of the same kind, but they're twins, Winklevoss whipping, like twins like the Winklevoss. So that's basically the meaning behind it. So it's basically like a, um, a flex, pretty much. If you, I don't know if you know what that means in Switzerland, but yeah, it's like, you know. I, I know what it means, but I'm glad. To, uh, I think not <laughs> everybody of the audience will know what it means. But it means basically like uh, showing off, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, like, you know, I'm taking pride in like having having this right now. Like basically, yeah. So that's what the song Winklevoss Whipping was about. Another one that stood out to me is called FTF. Oh. What does that one stand for? Fuck the Fed. <laughs> So it's basically, you know, fuck the Fed, fuck the Federal Reserve and, you know, the people that's trying to, you know, regulate Bitcoin and block Bitcoin and like, you know, keep feeding us the dollar, which is, you know, going to be pretty much worthless soon. 
So when you do songs well, like that, how, how do you, you know, like inform yourself about, I mean, the Fed is really a complicated thing, I, I would assume, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I've always been like, you know, politically outspoken to a certain extent. I mean, in my music, but I mean, I doubt it back a lot because, you know, the politics, politics and um, you, the United States right now are just like, I don't really, you know, really want to speak on it. Like, you know, people get angry and like, you know, want to target you and stuff like that. So, you know, so when I'm when I'm doing a song like that, I just, you know, I research what is the Fed doing? Like, how is it affecting uh Bitcoin, how is it affecting us? How is the dollar being printed over and over and over and over and over again to keep us in debt affecting, you know, society? So, yeah, it's basically fuck the Fed. Which is, would you say, the, the biggest crypto rapper you know or who has at least dropped a line on crypto? Um, like the biggest mainstream artist? Yeah. I would say uh, Big Sean. Big Sean is the biggest artist that I've ever heard say anything about crypto. I think he said he could put a girl through college with, with crypto. Okay. Basically, that, basically, that's what he was saying. Few uh, coins that buy a few semesters. I might buy a red bottoms with the crypto. Three coins that'll pay a whole semester. But you got it. Just recently, I listened to Rick Ross' album, uh -huh. and he said he said something about uh, the currency coming crypto. I was like, oh, okay, so it's it's getting out there now, man. It's getting out there. I mean, also, I think crypto and rap, uh, it somehow goes together very well because rap is so much about money and, and flexing, mm -hmm. as, as you said, that yeah, flexing well crypto, uh, it's a natural match somehow, I, I would say. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. You know how rappers all talk about I got all this money, I got all this money. So I'm trying to say, basically, I'm trying to make crypto the equivalent to that. That's what I try to do, like, to keep the, to keep the youth entertained, pretty much. Because if you can put the youth onto it, then it's going to blow up and mass adoption will be way, you know, it yeah. will come way sooner. I, I heard about, like, studies that show that, like, the youth, actually, they're very, very skeptical of buying stocks that would never like touch stocks or right. barely touch it. Right. Um, but crypto, like they, they put all their money in crypto. If, if that, they yeah. Might... <laughs> yeah. Cause because crypto is kind of becoming like a cool thing. It's becoming like a cool thing, especially the more, the more these mainstream rappers talk about it. But I, I mean, I love crypto. That's why I do the podcast. However, I'm very cautious as well. Cause you can't, you can ruin, uh, you know, you have to be oh, yeah. smart doing it, right? Oh, it can ruin your life. Yeah. When Ledger Volume 2 comes, I got a song on, I'm just telling you now, I got a song on Ledger Volume 2. Ledger Volume 2, I made it specifically about crypto. Like, so it's basically the ups and downs of crypto. So it's going to be like seven, maybe seven to eight songs. And, you know, the first half is like the ups, all the flexing. Yeah, we, we here, we here. The second half is like the downs. So it's like for bulls, And then for, for bears, kind of like that. Looking forward, yeah. when, when will that drop, more or less? Uh, I'm, I'm, we're trying to get it uh, out in November. Right, for, really for, cool. for the next bull run. Yeah, <laughs> for the next bull run, yeah. Do, so do you think like crypto rap um, is a legitimate way of or, um, spreading the message, spreading the gospel, so to say? I'm going to tell you something a fan told me. And shout out to this fan. His name is Bitcoin Jake. 
So I was on uh, PS4 playing. Um, I forgot. I was just streaming live one day, and he came in there, and we started talking about crypto, or whatever. And then he started talking about my song Digital Gold, how he loves it. It's one of his uh, favorite songs, or whatever. And he said, "Bro, before you came like into the the crypto like music space, it was all just corny. It was all just jokes and parody, like parody music." And I said, you know what, man, I'm inclined to agree because, you know, when I did my research, I looked up, you know, crypto artists and crypto music. And I was just like, this is a joke, bro. Like, what is why are they making all the videos funny? What's what's this is a joke. Like, we got to make this serious. Like, because if you make it too corny, then, you know, the youth and the people watching are going to think, oh, man, this is a joke. This is this is corny. Like, nah, you got to you got to flex a little, man. You got to like that's that's why I wanted to you know, make a cool song. <clears throat> that That's when I heard it first. Uh, that was exactly what I felt too. Like the songs I've, I've heard before were all, as you said, like parodies. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's this guy, Coin Daddy. I mean, he, he, he was <laughs> legit in rapping, but he's a parody himself. So, <laughs> Bro, that's, that's, yeah. Well, I'm just keeping my opinion to myself, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not going to talk shit about him because I hope he's <laughs> on the show. I, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I haven't Shout done. out to Coin Daddy. Shout out to Coin Daddy. But yeah. I mean, what I have to respect about it, to be honest, is like he doesn't rap so bad. I mean, it's 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 a parody for sure. Um, but he puts a lot of effort in. Like, he he wrote a whole song about um, like the you know like very specific little tales and stories in 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 crypto mm-hmm. so i think he tries to his target base is is the people who are already in uh the the, the crypto, crypto space mm-hmm. but you have the possibility to reach people out from outside as well exactly and that's exactly what i'm trying to do get the people who don't know anything about crypto like me i didn't know anything get those people to you know come in and you know start you know buying into crypto by the way um you made this a track called satoshi's back part two that is one of my favorite songs bro like that's one of my favorite songs so but where is part one and i didn't find part one anywhere part one got deleted it for copyright infringement because i used a drake beat and just annihilated this drake beat like just wrapped it was crazy I'm a, just I'm gonna send it to you. Just drop me an email and I'm gonna send you part one. That's it. That's the end of this show. A huge thank you to all the guests. You can find the links to their socials in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review. Additionally, please visit unforkable.cc and sign up for the Unforkable Insiders newsletter.